This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Believe it or not, I don't know the words. No one was shocked to find out you didn't know the words. <laughs> Welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we watched season five, episode four of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, Tippy Canoe, and Taylor 2. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Out of My Mind. Thoughts? I mean, I feel like we're setting up some season stuff in this episode, right? Yeah. Like both episodes are kind of like, hey, guys, this is maybe what direction we're going this season, or at least yeah. which direction we're starting in. I did take some time to try to think which episode was better, and I came to that realization as well, that they both are like, here's some stuff. Yeah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And I guess it just will come down to which episode had more interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. We had a fan point out something fun to us on Twitter this week. Yeah. Shout out to Casey the Sydney Cider. Pretty sure Casey has left us a five-star review. I've said that name on the podcast before. But, you know, I've been curious about the meaning of the monkey in that dream in season two. And you tried to tell me that Xander's comment about being the butt monkey in the Dracula episode was the meaning of the monkey dream? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of one. So it was like, maybe it's that. But there is apparently a much better reason. Yes. Casey writes, have to let Stacy know about the monkey from the dream. It is a reference to a conversation between Willow and Oz on What's My Line Part 2. He offers her animal crackers and talks about how the monkey is the only animal who gets clothes and the hippo says, where are my pants? In the dream, Willow says in French, the hippo stole his pants. After you told me that, I went back and watched the dream and I'm like, Willow is speaking French and Xander specifically does not understand French. We learned that in Restless. Mm -hmm. So the monkey can't be Xander unless like that's met up somehow. Yeah. So thank you, Casey. It's very fascinating. And I assume correct. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I can sleep now. It's been months. <laughs> Speaking of five-star reviews, we got a bunch, Brian. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Shout out to Leanne, Mr. Mystic, Helene K93. From Great Britain, thank you to Elliot1991 and at Tiny Ray Ray. And from Australia, thank you to Chameleon May. Chameleon May says, I love this podcast like ASP loves Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so a lot i guess yeah she's constantly mentioning it to everybody that was the headline of their review that's funny i like that we had another game of clock tower at our house had a bunch of friends over it was super fun comma blood on yes absolutely right i've been shortening it blood in the clock tower it was super fun i got to be evil again and i won i felt great about it yeah you were so evil i was so evil but like in a way like spike where you're like he's evil but you know we love him yeah that's what everyone said yeah and of course, we're still drinking Wink Wine. We have a partnership with Wink.com. They're a wine subscription service. You order wine from them, they mail you wine every month. And it's really nice because you go to their website, you fill out a survey, and they decide from your answers the type of wines you would like. You can also choose whichever wines you think you might like. You don't have to listen to them, but they claim to know what would be best for you. Right, it's great because you could just ignore them and be like, I want these. Or you can be like, I have no idea, but I like chocolate and steak. And they're like, cool, we got you back. Mm-hmm. I also really like it because there's no like monthly fee and you can even skip a month at like no penalty. You can just be like, yeah, "Eh, I can't afford it this month or I'm not drinking this month. Right. For the first month, you can get your first shipment of wine for $29.95. Plus free shipping. 
And you can get there by clicking on the link in the episode description or in our social media bios. And don't forget to use promo code Gilmore Slayer at checkout so they know who sent you. Yeah. We just got a shipment. I'm excited to try some of those. Yeah. We got the Yee Yee. Big fan of the Yee Yee, but we got three new ones I'm really excited to try. We're going to try some tonight. Yes, because we, we do this thing now where we watch the episode and then wait a week and basically watch it again because we've forgotten everything and do the podcast. Yeah. And then we immediately watch the next episode after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Brian. Should we get into this? Let's do it. This week, we started with Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell us about Tippi Canoe and Taylor, too. So this episode is about uh, Taylor being a douche. Yeah. And also about Rory's complicated new relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. And like we said, I think this is setting up a lot of stuff for the season. So the episode starts with Lorelai coming downstairs to find Luke cooking her breakfast in the kitchen. You pointed out that this is similar to the dream she had two seasons ago where she comes downstairs and he's there and she's pregnant and he doesn't let her drink coffee. Right. But this time he did make coffee. Yes. Lorelai tells him that it's super sweet that he's doing this for her, but she wants to eat at Luke's. Luke's like, yeah, but I'm Luke and I'm cooking for you, so it's the same thing. And she's like, yeah, but she wants the Luke's diner experience. She wants to see the people. This is like her first date with Jason, right? Where he takes her to a fancy restaurant and like goes out of her way to get him a fancy like private room. But she's like, yeah, I don't want this. I want to be out with the people. Right. Like, I want the experience of being out. I-, I do feel like she could be a little bit more flexible with her like boyfriend's romantic gestures. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> she's essentially like, pack it up. We're going to Luke's. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, okay, fine. That's whatever. So did you like this that she wanted to go to Luke's? Or did you find this to be annoying Lorelai behavior? I-, I mean, a little bit of both, right? Because... I think it is consistent with her character that that's what she likes, and there's nothing wrong with her liking that. And there's nothing wrong with her telling him, like, you know, I prefer to eat at Luke's. I like the experience. But he's, like, already cooking at your house. You could just be like, awesome, I'm going to eat here today. Yeah, he started, like, packing up the food. I wonder if he was going to, like, put it in the fridge or if he was going to, like, take it to Luke's and put it on a plate for her. Right. I feel like she could have eaten breakfast at home today and then been like, you know, this was awesome, but I don't want to ever miss out and going to Luke's. And I feel like that would have been the perfect solution, but she's just speaking her mind. But whatever, that is consistent with her character, so I don't think it's bad writing. Right. But it is like, just let him cook for you and then tell him next time you want to go to Luke's. Rory calls and puts together that Luke slept over. She's fine with it, but she does um, mention like, oh, it's weird to think that he could be just like naked walking around my kitchen. I don't know why Amy thinks people are just naked in their houses all the time. Like, Emily was like, in the last episode, like, what if I had been naked in the living room? People aren't doing that. Are they? Should we be doing that? I don't want to do that. But we're doing it. We also live very close to our neighbors. Well, our we do know that our one neighbor does do naked strolls in her apartment. Right. Then Lorelai kind of has some fun with Luke. And she's like, he's not naked walking around in the kitchen. He's just at the table naked. And this makes Luke super uncomfortable because what doesn't make Luke uncomfortable? You know what I mean? The list of things that don't make Luke uncomfortable is shorter than the list of things that do. I love when Luke's like, I'm not naked. And Rory's like, he sounds naked. (laughs) At Yale, Paris has had Asher's ancient printing press delivered. It's like giant. It takes up pretty much their entire dorm room. Paris insists that they keep it. God, she's just so fucking much. Oh, wow. (laughs) Paris is like every season. They're like, how can we make Paris more? (laughs) This dorm room is much smaller than their last one. But this printing press would have taken up my entire dorm room. But also, like, she's like, there's nowhere else to put it. It's like, what about your parents' house? Aren't your parents rich? Yeah, that does seem like a place it could go. Maybe they don't know about her professor boyfriend. But also, she could rent storage for it. Like, in the spring break episode, she was throwing money around like it was nothing. You can rent storage for this. It's too big. 
She wants to be near it. Yeah, I guess. If you were dead, I'd want your printing press. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm getting buried with my printing press. <laughs> I need it in the next life. <laughs> You're going to be an old-timey journalist when you die? Yeah. Later that night, Dean shows up at the dorm, and Rory greets him at the door with a kiss. So I guess they're back together? I mean, she did go to his parents' house to talk to him at the end of the last episode. So apparently they decided they're going to date, which makes sense. I mean, he's not with Lindsay anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I knew that this happened, so I didn't even think about the fact that they didn't actually ever talk about it on screen. But you're no, right. No, I mean... It was new information to you. Yeah, them kissing. I was like, oh, they're a couple. Not surprising, but this is how we find out. But then Paris is surprised. She's like, I thought she was married. Rory's like, well, he's not anymore. I guess she doesn't know about the cheating yet, at least. But she is surprised. And then Paris does what I guess and what I think is Paris's version of being supportive. Like, she doesn't really give Rory that much shit for it. But she does, like, start asking her all of these questions. Like, how much sound do you make during sex? <laughs> how loud are you? Like, specifically. And she's just like, I've got, like, sound-canceling headphones. Just give me a three-minute warning, and we're all set. I could put some towels under the door. She's just, like, giving her all these questions. And it's, like, super, like, prying and, like, inappropriate. But I, I do feel like it's Paris kind of being like, I, this is fine. We'll work this out. Like, I think she's trying to be helpful. She even says at one point, like, he's probably going to come over a lot, right? I mean, that makes sense. He's at his peak right now, and this is probably the only thing he's good at. <laughs> it's maybe true. Which is also mean, though. Like, fuck this guy. He's He can also lift things. You know, he could help you with your printing press, Paris. That's true. But I, before we go any further, I just don't want to defend Dean too much because I don't like him. I don't hate Dean yet. I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't hate Dean. I just think Dean's dumb. And I just, in general, don't love dumb people. I feel like the show's just, like, tired of Dean. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in seeing Rory and Dean. We've seen yeah, no that. One is. Yeah. Rory just gets Paris to go away by saying, three-minute warnings. I don't know if they fuck, but maybe they do. Who knows? At the end, Lorelai has gotten some bad news that Dosi has, for the third time, rejected the inn's request for two reserved parking spots. This time, it was because the names on the credit card didn't match the names on the application, specifically because she forgot to put her middle initial on the application, and it is on her credit card. Just some technicality that Dosi has used to deny her her request. Uh, so she's mad. Michelle's mad. It's also, like, very funny. Michelle is on the phone with one of Dosi's, like, lackeys yelling at him. And he says to Lorelai, he's like, you always promise to hurt Taylor, but you never do. You're a Taylor tease. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> Lorelai goes into the kitchen where Suki and the rest of the staff are all tasting Jackson's delicious tomatoes. These are tomatoes he just grew in his new self-built hydroponic greenhouse. He and Suki are, like, super excited about it. Maybe even, like, a little sexually so. They're, like, mm -hmm. super into him. Little Eye doesn't seem to give a shit. There's these three dudes just, like, very close to Jackson and Suki just enjoying the shit out of these tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's to show that everyone's excited, but it's just, like, yeah. not realistic that everyone should be this close together. But this is setting up some greenhouse stuff for later. At Dosie's, Lane and her roommates are shopping together for some groceries, trying to be frugal. But Zach is buying a ton of beer with his own money. I don't know how he has so much money because he seems to be buying women food, beer for women. But he's buying all this beer so that he can invite girls over after the show for beer. Lane doesn't like this. She's doing that thing that they do in sitcoms where somebody's like mad at somebody else because they secretly have a crush on them, but that person doesn't know they do, so they're mad at anything that they do that is related to relationships. 
That's what's happening. You know, she's like, I'm mad at you for, like, wanting to be with women that aren't me, even though I have not expressed any of this to you, you know? I can see a reality where Lane doesn't have a crush on Zach and just also doesn't want random women coming to their apartment where they would have sex with him in the bunk beds in the living room that she needs to walk through to get in and out of it. Okay, that's fair. But she does have a crush on him. That's been established. Yeah, I mean, she even sort of says that this is the reason why. She says it later. Also, Dean could be bringing dudes back. Dean? Why is Dean bringing anybody to Lane's apartment? <laughs> I meant Lane. I feel like Dean should be able to bring dudes back to Lane's apartment if Whoa. he wants, okay? Things are cold at his house right now. That's, okay. Dean changes a lot in season five. <laughs> Dude, a lot half and off screen. He's dating Rory and a bunch of dudes now. But he can't sleep with them at his parents' house because his family's <laughs> no. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a fun. There's a couple of funny lines here. Like Brian is in charge of the costs and keeping them low. There's a moment where Lane gets frustrated with Zach and she grabs the milk and he starts chasing after her, being like, "No, no, no! You grabbed a brand name milk." That was funny. That was funny. Jackson is there checking out and he offers to sell Taylor some of his tomatoes because he doesn't have any good ones in because it's off season. But then Taylor asks, "Oh, did you grow those tomatoes in the new greenhouse?" Yeah, it's uh, too bad what's happening with that. Jackson, like, almost doesn't even notice what was just said, but then he's like, WTF? What's wrong with my greenhouse? And then Dozy starts to play all coy. He's all, like, doesn't really want to talk about it, but Jackson, like, demands that he does. But then Dozy eventually is like, this isn't the proper forum to discuss all this. If you want to discuss this, we can do it at the town meeting. Uh, and Jackson's like, I'm not even going to go. I wasn't going to go. And Taylor's like, well, you should. And you should definitely get a babysitter. Taylor's also trying to get like a price check on some vegetables during the scene. And he's got an employee on it. And he's like, were you out smoking again? Don't lie. I'll smell your breath. That was that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. I just, I fucking, I hate Taylor, man. I hate him so much. Like, I know I've talked about other people I've hated. I've hated Tristan. We all remember that. I hate him, too. But, like, Taylor is just such a pile of garbage walking around pretending to be a human being. Do you hate the person, though, or do you do you hate the character? Do you wish he wasn't in the show? Do you think he's funny? How do you... I, I mean, yeah, occasionally he's funny. I'm never like, oh, God, a Taylor scene. Like, it's it's usually comedic. Uh, some I think I said my least favorite moment of season four was a Taylor moment. He was a lot in that one. But I feel like often it's pretty funny. No, I, I generally don't enjoy the Taylor stuff, honestly. I don't know that he gets his comeuppance that much. I feel like he just kind of gets away with this most of the time. Yeah. And like, yeah, maybe someone's mean to him or something. But in general, I think he kind of just gets away with being like this piece of garbage. So Jackson would have completely missed this meeting and missed any chance of having any voice and what happened to his greenhouse and even knowing that there was an issue with his greenhouse if he hadn't just happened to mention his greenhouse in front of Taylor before the meeting. He didn't even know there was a problem. But you got these worms like Taylor hiding behind faux bureaucracy and paperwork and technicalities. And they just use that to deflect blame and consequence for their own machinations. Fuck these people, man. Fuck them. I just, I just, it makes me mad to know. It, I guess it really bothers me because there are people like this. Right. It's like with Lorelai where it's like, wh- why are you denying this? Out of spite because you have some power because of like, I didn't put a, a J down for my middle name or whatever. That's my middle name. I don't remember what her initial is. V. It's V? I'm pretty sure it's Victoria. But it's just, uh, it just, it makes me hate him so much. I guess my point is fuck Taylor forever. Does Jackson even have a say when he goes to the meeting, though? Taylor's kind of just like, you got to move your place or else. He doesn't have a say, but like he doesn't even know what the problem is. Right. So if it's something that could be voted on. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, we never resolve the greenhouse thing. Like, what's going to happen? I, yeah, we, uh, I mean, spoilers. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) 
spoilers, it's not something that you vote on, but like theoretically, it could have been something you voted on. Sure. Or it could have been something you acted out and then people voted on, like the gypsy car accident from last episode. Yeah, I know. Taylor's like, this is not an issue up for debate. I'm like, well, what the car accident was? Exactly. What's up for debate in this town? Anyway. Later, Lane calls Rory to complain about her Zach troubles, mostly that she just can't tell Zach how she feels because it would put the band at risk. Uh, Then they rattle off several bands that have dissolved because members broke up. They come up with some examples of ones that worked, but... Dean calls Rory and says that he can't visit Yale today because Lindsay needed the car and they're still sharing a car. Rory eventually remembers that she is a car. Oh, yeah. She could, you know, like put some effort into their relationship and then says she she can drive to Stars Hollow. It seems like she's like, yeah, I guess that's a possibility. I would argue like she has studying to do so she could use that time to study that she would otherwise be driving where Dean doesn't really have to do anything besides work. Totally. They could also just like just see each other on the weekends. Like I've done long distance relationships before. Sometimes you just you don't see each other every day. Yeah. Yeah. But she notably says, see you in an hour, and it is very bright outside. You look outside, it's super bright. I'm talking like the set of Angel Bright, Total Sun. (laughs) If you haven't seen Angel, like, he should be dead in half the scenes. (laughs) It's just so much sun. Yeah. But when she finally gets to Stars Hollow, it's dark as fuck. Like, straight up nighttime, crickets and everything. And when she gets to the door... Dean says, hey, you made good time. She's like, yeah, there wasn't any traffic, meaning it took less than an hour to get there. They do eventually say that it's about 8.30 shortly after she gets there. Yeah. And it is like October. I guess that maybe makes sense that it would be light at 7.30 and dark at 8.30. That's maybe why when it gets dark. Yeah. It's like pitch black. I don't know. It just seemed wrong to me. They meet to hang out at Dean's parents' house because that's where he's staying. I don't know why they wouldn't go somewhere else, like to get coffee or something. Because Dean's parents' house is just as incredibly awkward as you could imagine it would be. It's not romantic. Yeah, it's clear that they are not super excited about the woman who broke up their son's marriage coming over. Except Clara. Yes, Clara is excited. She, like, hugs Rory and tells her that she never liked Lindsay. And Dean's like, (laughs) Clara? She's like, I wouldn't have said that to Lindsay. Dean's mom shows up and, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's nice. But like in a Midwestern, I don't actually like you nice. She is Midwestern. They came from Chicago. Yeah. Rory could barely make eye contact with Dean's mom. And Dean says, we're going to go upstairs. And his mom says, all right. In a very (laughs) like, well, I actually hate that idea kind of way. (laughs) Love this. Yeah. The actors did a great job. They go to Dean's room and the atmosphere is a total mood killer. Like Dean has all of his kid shit lying around and his sister won't stop blasting Avril Lavigne. It's been converted into like his mom's sewing room too. Yeah. And his mom keeps finding reasons to like open the door a crack and not so subtly suggest that Rory shouldn't stay too late because of the security alarm system. (laughs) They watch TV on the floor for some reason. I don't know why they don't sit on the bed. Probably because that was setting an alarm off with his parents. I don't know. (laughs) They love watching TV on the floor. That first date that they had at Lorelai's house, they were sitting on the floor. That's even though right. there were only three of them and they would have all fit on the couch. Meanwhile, at the town meeting, Taylor Dosey is going on and on about the dangers of ticks. Everyone is bored and disgusted and over it, except for Kirk, who is super riveted. He's like, go on, Taylor. He was sucking out his blood. What happens next? <laughs> all of this was just a setup for a vote on a sign that suggests that they tuck their socks in because of ticks. It's like totally unnecessary. Tucking their pants into their socks. Yeah. 
Finally, they get to the Jackson portion of the meeting. The problem is that Jackson built his greenhouse 9.5 feet from the edge of the property. But the law says that all new structures have to be more than 10 feet away. So Jackson is going to have to tear down his greenhouse unless he can move it over six inches, which, you know, he can't. Of course, then Dosey says, well, too bad you didn't check with me beforehand. Would have saved you some heartache, which just proves that this was just a power play on his part. This isn't yeah. something he cares about. This is just him being like, a, oh, you didn't check with me. How can I punish you for not making me important? Does Taylor die at some point in the show? I hope so. Um, no, I'll, I'll tell you, no, he does not. <laughs> I hope the ticks get him. Death isn't a big plot point in Gilmore Girls like it is in Buffy. (laughs) Anyway, like I said, maybe the ticks will get him. He does have those deer in his backyard. That's right. Lorelai sticks up for Jackson, and Dosie accuses of her just being mad about the parking. This is so funny. She was like, yeah, all I was missing was a middle initial. Like, how many Lorelai Gilmores do you know? And he's like, well, like, your daughter. (laughs) She's like, yeah, there's not any other ones unless you know my grandma. (laughs) Yeah, that was so funny. I don't want to admit that Taylor's line was funny, but it was. He's funny sometimes. You need him. You got to have someone like this. No, you don't. Buffy doesn't have, well, Snyder's maybe a little bit like Taylor does. Yeah, and they killed Snyder. So we had that moment. We were like, "Mm, mm, yes. It's like someone that's annoying and has like wrong opinions, but they're still funny. Well, Dosie's going to adjourn the meeting despite Jackson's objections. So Jackson finally says, you know what? We need a new vessel for the law. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to run for your position. He's like, what are you again? <laughs> he's like, I'm a town selectman. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to be town selectman. I'm going to run against you. And Taylor's all like, okay, no problem. I love it. Love competition. So the next day, Suki and Lorelai are at Luke's and in full campaign mode. Kirk is even helping by pulling just himself about the election, which he dressed up for. Luke, on the other hand, is having none of it. He is annoyed that they're taking up so much space at his diner. And I have to say, he's absolutely a thousand percent right. Like, they just like turned it into like headquarters. And it's like, no, this is a business. You don't get to just do this wherever you want. And I'm so glad he sticks up for himself. And like, essentially, he's like, you gotta leave. Lauren like tries to like flirt her way out of it a little bit. And that's kind of funny because she's, he like reluctantly admits that he does like her hair like that. Mm -hmm. But she has to leave. She's like, sleeping with you's gotten me nothing. And I, you know what? I have to agree with you, Luke. Her hair is great this season. You're looking fucking fantastic, Lorelai. Good on you. Whoa. I guess I just, I did like this scene because it was just like, I'm glad that Luke isn't letting her completely walk over him because yeah. he does a lot and it's nice to be like, okay, you still have some say, you know? Jackson pops in to grab his son to use as a political prop outside, which draws a little crowd. But then that crowd is drawn away when Taylor comes out and is like, hey, I've got free ice cream for anyone who's a registered voter next door. (laughs) And it's funny because then Jackson's just like, I don't want to hold my kid anymore. He's useless. As they watch all the people go into Taylor's, Lorelai says all he needed was some lying swift boat captains to complete the ambush. That's funny to me because this is like a very specific, very timely political reference to the Bush versus Kerry election. I didn't get it. It's so interesting hearing these things later on because I'm like, how many of these did I miss growing up when they said it in a show and I just had no idea what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch this when it was on, but I don't know that I was paying enough attention to politics at this age either that I would have gotten it. And it's one of those things that in like 10 years, no one's going to know what that is. Yeah. You know, like, I was like, Swift, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, lots of people, I mean, most people don't even follow politics, so I feel like that joke is just missed on most people anyway. Anywho's. Ways. 
Lane is there, and Lorelai asks if she and her band will play at Jackson's election rally. She agrees. I'm sure it'll be great. Lorelai also calls Rory to ask her to come and vote on Tuesday because she really wants to beat Taylor. And she also asks her how things are with, like, Paris and Yale and Dean. But she asks about Dean in a I'm-just-as-uncomfortable-as-Dean's-mom kind of way. And Rory hears that and, like, finds a reason to get off the phone. Like, uh, it's clear that Lorelai doesn't like the Dean relationship. And, like, Suki calls her on that. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm warming up to it, maybe. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I don't blame her for having a weird time about it. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't blame anybody. I blame Dean. Yeah, we could blame Dean. I mean, if you blame Dean, you gotta blame Rory, too. You gotta blame them both. Let's blame Taylor. Yeah. Rory's next date with Dean is just in her car. She, like, pulls up and is like, yeah, we're not going in that house again. And he gets in the car, and they go park somewhere and start getting real touchy. But it isn't working out. Because it's a Prius. And Dean's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just a car. Do you guys remember trying to bang in cars? It did suck. Like, the back seat isn't big enough, and the front seats don't go low enough, and there's shift levers in the way, and seatbelts poking your butt cheeks. I mean, it's not fun. But it's what we had to do. It's what we had to do. We've all done it. Remember parents' houses? Yeah. Remember Dean's mom types? Wait, have we ever had sex in a car? You and me? I don't think so. Huh. Well. Do you want to? We don't have a car Next time I rent a car. (laughs) I usually get economy class, so it might not be a great idea. We should have done that BMW. Yeah. One time we rented a car in Texas, and for some reason it was cheaper to get like a fancier car, and it was a BMW. Yeah. And as we drove from Dallas to Austin, it was raining. So we're like, we're in a BMW. This is cool. Vroom, vroom. Next day, we pick up my sister and her now husband, and it was a beautiful day. And they're like, that's a convertible. <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. It was a convertible. So we just like drove all around Austin. And we got super sunburned, but it was fun. Yeah. We should have fucked in that car. Should have fucked in that car. Or maybe not because up. it was. <laughs> or with, maybe with it down, it would have been easier. Yeah, more room. Uh, it's funny because we all know this feeling and how uncomfortable it is. But it's funny because I feel like the actors are doing their best to portray this, but I- I'm not believing them at all. No. Rory gets, like, stuck on her hair somehow, and Dean, like, hurts himself. We don't even see what's hurting him. They would 100% have a hard time having sex in this car. But yeah. they're having a hard time making out sitting in the seats normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rory gets hurt making out with Dean. They decide to call it a night and go home with blue genitals, both because they're horny and because they bump them into something. <laughs> <laughs> Rory asks Dean to go with her to see Lane's band play at Jackson's rally on election night, but Dean is very against this idea. And I don't know if it's just because he's, like, horny or what, but he's just like, no, I'm not going to go. He doesn't want to parade his relationship around and, like, rub it in Lindsay's face any more than he already has. And she's like, okay, all right. He's clearly upset about this, and she just drops him off at home. But instead of going back to Yale, she goes back to her mom's house because she wants to crash there because she's tired and she'll just drive back to Yale in the morning. Lorelai, by the way, sort of mentions like, oh, you drove here for him, huh? Well, that's because you're a good girlfriend, even though, you know, you do have class tomorrow. She's like kind of letting her know, like, you're going out of your way. Yeah, not so subtly anti this relationship. Yeah. To be fair, though, like, sometimes you want to see your significant other, even if it means you got class. And if he doesn't have a car, you're out of luck. Yeah, I'm sure Lorelai's gone out of her way for some booty. Yeah, but it's clear she doesn't like Dean. And also, I mean, it's it's not like Dean was like, well, I just don't feel like driving. You should drive. He just didn't have that option. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that he was like, come here. I want you. I think they both wanted to see each other, you know? Yeah. I feel like when you're in a new relationship, you 
definitely make the wrong choice to like not do the responsible thing to go oh, be yeah. with the new person. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm not going to get any sleep tonight, but I will get to spend seven minutes with this girl I like. Mm-hmm. Then it's election night, everybody. Ooh. Suki is convinced Jackson is going to lose and is making him a conciliatory stew. I love how they made her look so politician's wife. Her hair is like yeah. real poofy. She's got a cute little suit. Yeah, she's got like a pink suit coat on. Luke gives the keys to the diner to Lorelai and says that he's going upstairs. She's like, you're not going to stay up for the election results? He's like, nah. He says, I'm afraid I'll get too emotional. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly he's joking. I know, but I like the way he said it. Yeah, it was funny. Lane and her band are super bummed because the song they have to play is the very upbeat, very cheesy, believe it or not. Believe it or not, I don't know the words. No one was shocked to find out you didn't know the words. (laughs) The band uh, is bummed because that song is not rock and roll at all. They're trying to decide what to do. They're like, maybe we should just bail. But they decide they have to play. Gil mentions that they can make it rock and roll. But Gil points out that Jimi Hendrix once made the national anthem sound super rock and roll. So they're all like, yeah, we could do it. Let's do it. Or at least Lane and Gil are, let's do it. I feel like the other two are still trying to find ways to bail. Yeah. Kirk shows up and has a really funny line about how he isn't wearing his own pants, but we don't get an explanation for why. (laughs) They pointed out his pants earlier because the back was shorter than the front when he was wearing the suit. (laughs) What's going on with Kirk's pants? I just love that we never, we address that it's weird, but we don't address what's actually happening. It's perfect. But he shows up, and last time he only pulled himself. But to make up for it, this time he literally pulled every single person in Stars Hollow. And it turns out everybody is voting for Jackson. To be fair, he didn't pull Taylor, but he has a pretty good idea who Taylor's voting for. It becomes pretty clear that this isn't just about, like, oh, Jackson's a better candidate. It's just everyone in town hates Taylor, which is great. I fucking love I'm with you, town. So we're excited, right? Taylor's gonna lose. Jackson's gonna win. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome. But then... Uh, Then Lorelai sees Taylor in his candy shop with no lights on, sadly eating whipped cream from the can. And of course, the sad Gilmore Girl Lala's start playing. Why? Why do you have to be such an empathetic person, Lorelai? He's the devil. You don't feel bad for the devil. Dude's garbage. I felt a little bad. You get punished for feeling bad later, though. Yeah, that's true. He deserves this feeling. But good, sweet, adorable Lorelai... Feels so bad, she starts hanging outside the polls, asking people to please vote for Taylor so that it isn't such a crazy landslide. By the way, I just want to point out that what she's doing is sweet, right? Something Taylor would like because it's going to help him. But it's also technically illegal to do. Mm. You can't stand outside a polling place and tell people who to vote for or ask them to vote for anyone. And it's the very same kind of like technicality thing that Dosi would like love to fine you for. That's interesting. It's just so like, uh, Taylor would kill you for this. Not kill you, but at the rally, while they wait for the results, Suki introduces Lane's band, Hep Alien. I think this is the first time we hear their name. Yeah. I think you could see it in the episode where they had those flyers, but mm-hmm. I don't know that it's ever been said aloud. Then they play a very rock and roll version of Believe It or Not. <laughs> it's like crazy. So as mentioned, we will rewatch the episodes a week later. Yeah, and yeah. I usually watch Gilmore Girl on one and a half speed just because I've seen it before. Just kind of in the background. And <laughs> the song sped up is impossibly fast. Yeah. Like they start slow and that was already like very funny to listen to fast. <laughs> when they get into the fast part, just like no one could play that fast. Yeah. I recommend trying it. It's super rock and roll. Suki's kind of like, what the hell is happening right now? And then Gil even plays the little Star Spangled Banner riff. Yeah, yeah. 
Sugi, by the way, doesn't care that Taylor's sad. She's just like, sure, Lorelai, whatever. Yeah, Lorelai says that she's sad. And she's like, oh, well, no, that's too bad. She's like, you're still happy, aren't you? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd absolutely loves it. Zach just pulls two groupie girls on stage. Do groupie girls just always come in pairs? They're groupies. Yeah, I guess so. They, I mean, a group could be three, four. Anyway. It's at least two. Yeah, he pulls the two girls on stage. Jackson then takes the stage and gives a... A speech? Yeah. Suki kisses him a lot, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, like, realizes in real time that he doesn't have the time or desire or energy to really do any of this. It has a very inflexible sex schedule. Yeah. Because he wants to have a baby. They, we should make sure people have that context. It's not like, <laughs> no. Suki will only fuck at sundown. <laughs> but he just, like, says into the microphone that he kind of just doesn't want to do this. And then someone in the crowd yells, an honest man, finally. <laughs> The they love it. starts cheering his name, and he's like, oh, okay. Then Dean shows up and apologizes to Roy for being rude the night before. He says he's worked out a car schedule with Lindsay and talked to his mom about being more cool. But something is... <laughs> I want to see that conversation. I can fuck my mistress if I want, Mom. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Mm, okay. Yeah, I like um, Rory's hair. Okay, just leave the door open. Just a crack. Okay. Claire is just like, yeah. <laughs> what kind of evil song you want to hear? Yeah, what do you need, Skater Boy? I'm on it. I don't know why Claire is a mobster from Brooklyn suddenly. Yeah, that's right. Get her, Dean. That's why she plays the music, to cover up the sex. She's doing that for Dean. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Rory asked Dean, you know, if Lindsay had never found that letter, would he still have left her? And Dean says, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know that I believe him. And I think it's clear that Rory probably doesn't either, right? Yeah. I mean, she accepts it and they're like, oh, okay, good. But like, I don't know that she really believes it. I mean, Lindsay finally made that beef right. Yeah, that's all you needed. They need to have a beef off if he's really going to decide. <laughs> it's interesting because 100% he was probably lying to her when he was like, yeah, Lindsay knows it's over. Because it's clear she didn't when they first had sex. Right. But I do believe that he was like, I would leave Lindsay for Rory in a heartbeat. Yes. So my relationship is over, de facto, if Rory wants to be with me. He did not communicate that to Rory, that that was what's up. But then she ghosted him after they had sex at Miss Patty's. So uh, it's kind of a weird question to ask. Yeah. Like, the better question would have been, like, if I had never been an option, would you still have left Lindsay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I hadn't left for the summer. Yeah. yeah what I mean, was I just, your plan going to be? It's still a fine question to ask about the letter, I guess. But asking about the letter also is sort of like, yeah, I, know. I guess that's the question, like, was leaving Lindsay 100% about me? But if it is, is that is that any worse? I don't know. Like, he loves you so goddamn much. I don't know. I don't know. Dean made a mistake. I'm not defending Dean here. He fucked up. Back at Lane's, the groupies are drinking with the band. Poor, poor, poor Brian is sitting there. The girls ask Zach if he'll remember them when they're famous, and he says no, and they all laugh, and they say he's awful, and then Brian just, like, sips his beard and says, I'm awful, too. <laughs> so fucking funny and sad. You're not awful. <laughs> well, then the girls look at him like Dean's mom looks at Rory. <laughs> like, please don't have sex anywhere yeah, like, near us. Mm, we don't like that you're here, and <laughs> please don't make any noise. Zach goes to get some more beer, and Lane just, like, turns to him and tells him that she likes him, and she's liked him for some time, and probably uh, will like him for a long time. 
And now I'm only one woman. Which is tough for Zach because right. he likes doubles. By the way, while Zach is talking to Lane, he's just like dipping his fingers in some dip. Why isn't the dip with the chips? There's just a lonely bowl of dip in the kitchen. Maybe only Lane paid for the dip. So it's not Maybe. for everybody. I don't know. Maybe so the girls don't eat it because they didn't pay for it. So she just goes to her room and then Zach is sort of just like flabbergasted and sort of says, I just need to get some air and walks outside. And then we don't see them for the rest of the episode. I'm guessing the next episode will start with them kissing at the door and we'll realize that they got together off screen. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) Then the results are in and Jackson got 1,114 votes and Taylor got 10. Mostly thanks to Lorelai. 100% thanks to Lorelai. Nine because of Lorelai. Well, we don't know. Maybe somebody lied to Kirk. You don't know. That's true. Jackson is uh, less than thrilled. Then Taylor like barges on stage and says he looks forward to a recall election and says that like everyone's essentially being like insane. What a piece of shit. It's kind of funny because he starts to make it seem like it's a nice concession speech and then like flips it. Jackson also had nothing to say. So yeah. But I want to say this right now, Amy Sherman Palladino. You didn't trick me with your empathy lalas, okay? Taylor's a garbage man. All doses are trash. <laughs> There's, I guess we have seen other doses. Yeah, and they were garbage people. <laughs> Immediately after that, everyone just starts coming to Jackson with their petty stars hollow problems. At least. What, is it Tom? Is that the name of the book guy? No. I always think it's Tom and it's Andrew. Mm-hmm. Like one of the problems is Andrew is mad that his neighbor won't cut her... I don't know, bushes or roses or something. And he specifically says that sunset is like five minutes earlier for him. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if he lives right next to Dean's house. And maybe that's why it got dark so early. But that's what he (laughs) says. Maybe. Jackson's just like, wants. looks like he wants to be dead. Lorelai is excited. She grabs some champagne and then goes upstairs to celebrate with Luke. He answers the door and it's clear to her that he was asleep. I feel like he does answer the door too quickly, though, for someone that was supposedly sleeping. Well, he might have been working out his pecs because they're kind of popping out of that shirt. Yeah, is that true? I mean, no. You Are you into Luke? I'm into pecs. Oh. How dare you? After all of the things I've said about Lorelai, how dare you notice Luke's pecs? Can't believe it. I'm just saying he looks fit. I didn't realize that. Cool. Yeah, cool. No, I didn't. I just. I'm I, not I didn't. often attracted to Luke, but I, he looks nice in his jammies. That's fine. I just, I didn't notice it myself, but uh, good to know. Fucking Luke. Come and try and take my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him now. Well, you want a podcaster boyfriend, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no. This is a bit, guys. I this don't. This is a dumb bit. You're the better podcaster. Ooh. But my pecs are shit. <laughs> Well, what did your pecs look like in 2004? Uh, probably better. Uh, actually, 2004, I, th- I had some pecs. When he answers the door, she's like, oh, when you went upstairs, you meant you went to bed, which I thought was clear. But she's like, okay, that's right, because you get up early. That makes sense. I got to remember you go to bed early. I got to remember that. And then she's like, oh, and you don't like champagne, do you? Because he did mention that in the previous episode. And she's like, I'm learning. I'm learning. And I hope that that was like a sign that she is learning about Luke and they're gonna figure out each other's intricacies and it's gonna be great. And I hope it wasn't like a red flag, like she already forgot these things that he just told her. But he does smile and we do hear some happy la-la-las, so I have hope. It was an interesting bookend because at the beginning of the episode, he learns about a weird thing about her. Great point. I mean, not really a weird thing about it. These are both normal things both of them should have maybe realized. (laughs) She likes to eat at Luke's and he goes to bed early. Yeah. But still, they're learning about each other. Mm -hmm. So, Stacy, 
Do you think this is a good episode? It was fine. Like, I wasn't, I didn't think it was bad. Um, it is a very Taylor-heavy episode, which we've discussed, that Taylor's not the most enjoyable character to watch. But it was kind of fun to see Jackson challenge him. And I yeah. remember really liking Jackson as a character. And on this watch of it, sometimes I don't. Yeah. I think he's kind of shitty sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but I really liked when he was like, no, I'm going to challenge you. But then I was kind of disappointed that he's like, you know, actually, what am I doing? It kind of just yeah. felt like that defeated the purpose of all that. Yeah. But I mean, maybe the show's just like, well, Taylor's better in that role. So why would we want to change that? Right. <laughs> like, Taylor got to do something. I mean, I'm fairly certain that they're going to come to some agreement where he like lets Taylor win, but Taylor like lets him keep his greenhouse or something like that. Sure. That's how I'm sure it's going to go. But I agree that Jackson's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Honestly, you can run for office and then do nothing. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you won't win the next election, but like who gives a shit? Like you taught Taylor a lesson. I really remember this Dean and Rory stuff. And I, it's kind of interesting to see where they're at, but it, it's not particularly fun to watch them having a bad time. Right. Yeah. And Luke and Lorelai stuff was cute. Like that, that last scene was really cute. Yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of like a lot of random things that were setting up where things might go, like we talked about. Yeah. But none of it was bad. There was some funny stuff, but it, it didn't feel as good as some of the episodes this season already. Yeah, I, I agree with you on uh, all of that. I just, I, I don't like Taylor. I, I don't I don't enjoy watching Taylor. And I don't enjoy watching relationships crumble in general. And it was kind of a town episode, but there weren't that many, like, really good town zingers. Yeah. But I, I, wasn't bad yeah it wasn't bad i feel like it is sort of a memorable one just because of a few things that happen like there's this big election it's like a big town thing and i feel like the the rory and dean stuff is memorable i've mentioned this in a previous podcast but i have like a similar experience i think i've mentioned this in the previous podcast so i apologize but i remember in school i was gonna run for like a representative role which is like the super lowest role this was in freshman year pretty much so I could make a funny speech. And I had to get X amount of signatures. And some very popular girl saw me saying that. And she's like, oh, you're running for an office? That's so cute. And just like that ignited like a pure hatred inside of me for this woman. I was just like, you didn't have to say that. You could have just not said anything. I just got so mad that I saw that she was running for president. And I changed mine to running for president, class president. And I got enough signatures. I stayed up all night writing this super fucking funny speech. And it killed... Everyone, like, dressed up, and I, like, dressed down. Like, I remember I wore a wife beater under a shirt, and I had, like, suspenders. I They were hanging down, like, no doubt style. Oh, wow. So you must have had good pecs. Well, this was in 2004. Yeah, this was before then. And uh, I gave a speech, and it was pretty much just very funny and, like, very meta, talking about this process being dumb and how... Because everyone was promising, like, we're going to get sodas at lunch. <laughs> Because we couldn't have soda at lunch, the machines. Some of the things were pretty weird. One guy was like, his promise was he was going to make the races get together and get along. Weird. I'm surprised he didn't get like stopped. He was like, if I go to a dance and I see like a white guy dance with a white girl, I'm going to go find a black couple and make them dance together. I was like, no, man, no. You, what do you, what? He's like halfway to the right sentiment. <laughs> right, right. Like, like I, the sentiment I like, but like the forcing people to dance to fix racism isn't the answer. <laughs> like, and if his hands aren't on her butt, I'm going to put them there. Yeah, I know. It was just like, a, I get your heart is in the right place. But anyway, I like killed it and I got a standing ovation from the class. And I won by a landslide. 
And I had, uh, it was funny because I had this like crush on this girl that was way out of my league and she like came up to me afterwards. She definitely knew I had a crush on her and she was just like, Brian, you did great. I mean, it was one of the best days of my goddamn life. And I walked past the principal's office and I kid you not, the popular girl was in the principal's office crying because she lost and she had like 100% thought she had was going to win. She was like, it's in the bag. Did she have whipped cream? She didn't. But I was like Suki. I was not like Lorelai. I was like, yeah, in my head. And that woman was Hillary Clinton. <laughs> She's much younger than you might think. However, I will say this, that I was a terrible president. I, I didn't really want the position. I, it, was, it was out of spite. It was very Jackson-esque. I was like, I'm doing this to get this woman back for belittling me. You left the school, didn't you? <laughs> uh, the next year. Oh, okay. The next year I ran for emperor and I also won. And that sounds like a joke, but that is what happened. But anyway, I, 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 this Jackson story spoke to me. Well, I think you would have been a great emperor. Thank you. Should we move on? To a special segment, one that we like to call Meanwhile Uncharmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile on Charmed, Season 5, Episode 4, Siren Song, Cole and Phoebe are lured to their debt. Whoa. Cole and Phoebe are lured to their death by a siren while, after an argument, Piper and Leo have had their powers switched by their unborn child so that each can walk a mile in each other's shoes. What the fuck is happening on this show? I mean, it's pretty clearly laid out here. Okay, so, okay, hold on. We just had mermaids. What are we doing with sirens? Yeah, get away from the water, guys. (laughs) Okay, so Cole and Phoebe are dead now? It seems that way. All right, they're dead. It's kind of crazy. It's also funny to juxtapose them dying with a, oh, it's a Freaky Friday situation with powers. Well, Uh, I guess that's maybe why no one's there to save them. Piper and Leo are very distracted with being switched by their unborn child. Yeah, they're only switch being their powers so that now Piper can fetch (laughs) and Leo... (laughs) I feel like Leo's power is time travel because he's been opening like portals to other times. Right. But she can also fetch. Yeah. I feel like the witches all have like various specific powers. Like I think Phoebe has like past lives. I don't know that I've deduced what their other powers are. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, we'll say Piper's good at uh, conjuring. Problems. (laughs) Yes. So now Leo's great at conjuring, which actually works out well for him because conjuring is way easier than fetching. You don't have to run. Oh, yeah. And uh, turns out Piper hates fetch, but she loves the 60s. It's. The decade she was meant to be in. So she just like keeps hanging out there. Yeah. She is a dog, unfortunately. So she's not living as best of a life as she would if she were human. But um, it's fun for a while. They, they end up finding a way to switch back. They just have to like, you know, tell their unborn child that they will buy it a car the day it turns 16. And it's like, okay. All right. I've got the attitude of a 16 year old, even though I'm not <laughs> born yet. <laughs> well, it's a very special child. It's the cause. Yeah. Well, that's the whole episode, and at the end they find out that uh, their friends are dead. (laughs) Glad we fixed that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Piper and Leo are, like, you know, so much closer after having walked a mile in each other's shoes and communicating with their unborn child. But, yeah, their sister and brother-in-law are dead. Wow. I'm guessing they won't stay dead, but they've really got to stop going to the water. I think that's the lesson. Yeah, going away from the water. Well... This is Ben. Meanwhile, on Charmed. So, Stacy, we also watched another show. We Can did? you tell us all about all 
Were you asleep? We did watch it second, and there was wine. Can you tell us all about Out of My Mind? Yeah, so this episode is about Joyce and Riley having medical issues. Yeah, yeah. And Spike going under the knife to try to get his chip removed. And Spike maybe realizing he's got a crush on someone. Mmm, harmony. Yeah, harmony. That was vague, but I'm about to tell you guys all the goss. All the goss, let's hear it. So it opens at the graveyard, as it oft does. Buffy is standing atop a crypt, sniffing out rising vampires. She seems to have gotten pretty good at this. She just kind of like sees one and darts at it right as it comes out of the ground. Yeah, I mean, I think the season is setting up that she's just getting better and better and better. Riley's still around. He's in the graveyard too, and he's like act surprised to see Buffy there. He's actually fighting vampires pretty well too these days. Spike is also there fighting vampires. It's a crowded graveyard. Buffy's like, why do I even show up? But Buffy gets the last vampire. She's like, don't be out here, Spike. He's like, well, what else am I supposed to do? And Riley's like, yeah, you shouldn't be out here. And then Buffy gives Riley a look like, well, maybe heed your own advice, buddy. I I don't get why she's mad at Riley, really. I mean, the guy is like a trained, I mean, this is what he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that she's better at it than anybody, but he's also probably better than most people. She said she didn't like him being out there alone. Yeah. But Spike notices the little look Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. Buffy gives Riley, and he's not one to not point something out. Yeah. And Buffy's like, shut up. You're licking your own nose blood. That's gross. So she takes off. Riley follows her like a puppy dog wanting to play some more. Seriously. He's like, can we do it again? I'm having so much fun. Let's (laughs) throw the frisbee. Throw the frisbee. She pitches going back and killing Spike for the fun of it, but they kind of just shrug that off and leave. It was weird. And then Spike says to himself, I will know your blood, Slayer. I will make your neck my chalice and drink deep. And then he trips and falls in a hole. <laughs> That's like a trope they've used like two or three times with him already. Where yeah. he's like, I bet it. And then he hurts himself. Mm-hmm. School has started now. And in this episode, we find out where some people live, not Buffy. Buffy and Willow are debating about something they learned in class, which fulfills some fantasy Willow's had her whole life. And Buffy tells Willow she's feeling a little busy and overwhelmed with school and all the extra training she's doing. She's on her way to the magic shop now to train with Giles, and Willow comes with. Xander is there helping Giles build some shelves for the magic shop, and Giles is very impressed with his work. I ended up cutting this from the podcast, but you somehow misremembered this being at the end of the Dawn episode? Yeah, I was going to ask if you had put that in, because no. you talk about it if you... If you you were like, yeah, Xander was there building shelves while Dawn was writing in her diary. And I was like... <laughs> What? No, he was not. So you somehow like conflated these two. Yeah, I guess so. So I knew Xander was going to be building shelves at some point. Yeah, well, here it is. Tara and Anya are already there helping stuff get set up. Tara mentions she thinks it'd be cool to have a psychic come in and read fortunes at the shop. And Willow's like, well, well, you should do it. Tara's like, no, no, not me. I'm not very good. Willow's like, of course you are. Read my poem. So Tara does, but it quickly just becomes flirting. So maybe Tara's not good at it. (laughs) Maybe Willow knows she's not good at it, but she's like, I like it when you touch my hands. (laughs) Yeah. I think Tara probably is good at it, though. Yeah, I'm sure she's just being modest. Giles leads Buffy to the back room, where she's instantly tackled by Riley? What a weirdo. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, he was greeting Joyce by saying, whoa, what a milf. And now he's... (laughs) That's not exactly what he said, just in case anyone's like, God, I don't remember that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But now he's just like body slamming his girlfriend to say hello? To be fair, it's, it does seem like hyper aggressive, but like 
she's a fucking superhero. So yes. I feel like it's not as bad as it seems like, oh, he tackles his girlfriend. Like, yeah, but his girlfriend is Superman. So right. like she's fine, you know? Yeah. Riley was clearly in on the surprise, but like, chill, dude. Let her see the room before you tackle her. You're like ruining the moment. Yeah, totally. Why is no one calling him on this? I mean, I feel like the mood is like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Giles has taken her back here to show her that it's all set up for training. Just like dummies and equipment and stuff. This is a huge room. I mean, I know they need it for training, but like maybe some of this should be the store. (laughs) (laughs) Or like rent it out. Well, I mean, like you said, they need it for training. That's the most important thing. Is Giles just like independently wealthy? How did he survive the last year? Yeah, I don't know. I know that he's not independently wealthy, so I'm, I don't know how he survived the last year. But Buffy loves the room. She's very yeah. excited everyone pitched in on this training room for her. Yeah. At Spike's house, he's watching Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I love that they keep mentioning other WB shows, because that's what we do. I wonder if they ever mentioned Gilmore Girls. They probably didn't overlap a ton, but I think they did overlap a bit. Yeah, so they might. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I don't remember it, but... Let me just do some quick mental math. Yes, I think this is the first season they were on at the same time. Gilmore Girls season one is premiering now during season five. I know Gilmore Girls references Buffy a few times. Yeah. So Spike's watching TV. Then Harmony shows up. She is paranoid that Buffy's trying to kill her. She thinks that she's Buffy's arch nemesis. Yeah. I think Buffy would kill you, Harmony, but you're maybe overestimating how much she thinks about you, babe. (laughs) Yeah. She's, like, begging Spike to let her hide out there. She's desperate. Harmony, Buffy knows where Spike lives and visits him frequently. This is maybe the least safe space to be. Totally. But Harmony says she'll do anything if he lets her stay here. And she takes his glance to mean, like, sex. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll have sex with you, no problem. And because she's decided that she's a villain now, she lights a cigarette after remembering how a lighter works. (laughs) Lighters are hard, man. Are they? I remember when I first started waitressing when I was like 18, they told me to light the candles and I they handed me like a cigarette lighter and I had no idea how to work it because I didn't smoke. Like everyone there was a much older adult that like didn't grow up in a Christian sheltered environment. Where cigarettes were never mentioned. <laughs> my dad smoked, but I didn't, he was never like, light my cigarette, little girl. <laughs> yeah, your dad never did refer to you as little girl. <laughs> he doesn't know my name. No, um, I just never had to use a lighter for any reason. I remember everyone thought it was, like, so precious that I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. I didn't like candles. And even if I did like candles, it would be, like, a stick lighter. But Spike doesn't want sex from Harmony at this moment. He's got other ideas. So he plays into Harmony's paranoia and is like, oh, yeah, the Slayer's not going to stop hunting you. You're going to have to kill her. And I can't because of the chip in my head. She's like, okay, can you help with the thinking, though? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that she's just like so unabashedly dumb. Yeah. She's just like, my brain, I can't. Buffy and Riley just got done having sex. They spared us from watching this time. And Riley wants to go again. He's very energetic this week. By the way, Riley seems to live in like a storefront now. He's got a glass front door that just like opens from the street right to his bedroom. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It might as well be the magic shop. Because like Buffy goes there later and like the whole front door is mostly glass. I didn't notice that. Anyway, the next morning, Dawn is pouring like nine bowls of cereal so she can get the prize out of the box. <laughs> yeah. Again, does Joss know anything about 14-year-olds? <laughs> what is this prize? This teen girl who's into boys needs a sticker so badly or whatever. Boys like stickers. So I feel <laughs> like that might be it. She's having a delightful conversation with Joyce about trying to make substitute teachers cry. 
Honestly, sounds like a dick move now, but we had some regular substitute teachers when I was younger that we hated and made fun of so much. I feel like that is a real thing that, like, kids even try. I'm not saying it's good, but I feel like that's a legit thing that kids try to do. Right, like, now that sounds awful, but I imagine I had those thoughts. It was probably awful then, too, but, like, not from the child's perspective. Right, I'm sure these women were, like, aware, too. Yeah. They had stupid names. That was their problem. Mrs. Banbury? (laughs) How are we not going to call her Mrs. Cranberry? (laughs) And she was not nice. She was a mean lady. And there was another mean lady named Mrs. Shot. I feel like that's just a name that's asking for trouble. <laughs> Fuck them on their name. They weren't nice. They should have renamed themselves something. If you're a substitute, just be chill. Don't be a mean old woman. <laughs> they got to cap the age on substitute teachers. That's funny. They're having a nice morning. Joyce is making eggs. But she kind of suddenly stops in her tracks and looks at Dawn and asks, Who are you? And then just like passes out on the floor, dropping Mm -hmm. everything. I knew this would catch up with her eventually. Suddenly having two daughters is a lot for a woman who barely loves the one. (laughs) So Dawn is adult enough in this moment to call 911. (laughs) She's surprised she's written mature enough to know to do that. She called 911. We're out of cereal. (laughs) Need more prizes. Can you bring ice cream to rub on my face? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the fucking second episode when she had like a pile of ice cream on her face. A pile. I mean, she had a lot. It was a lot. Cut to the hospital. Buffy and Riley show up. The youngest doctor in the world informs them that Joyce is doing just fine. I have a friend that is in his first year of medical residency, and I texted him to ask about this. Because this guy introduces himself as Ben. Yeah. He says he's an intern. I'm like, is that a thing like you don't intern at a hospital you do like a residency but you're officially a doctor at this point but uh, my friend did say that he is technically an intern like your first year you are an intern but he would never introduce himself as first name the intern he'd be like i am doctor last name i work here you know you like you you don't want to sound last name i work (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to say my friend's name you don't sound like a real doctor so (laughs) shut the fuck up lady (laughs) it it does sound fake Dawn called me, and I came and helped. I don't even work here. It, it was almost like the actors showed up, and they're like, well, you look 12. No one's going to believe you're a doctor. We, we're going to, like, couch this somehow. Just say you're banned the intern. God, you look younger than Cordelia did when she was a sophomore. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I was told I could wear a doctor coat. Fine, but you got to say you're an intern. Okay, all right. Am I important? <laughs> sure. Sure, Ben. It might be because he's supposed to be, like, kind of friendly with Dawn. They wanted him to seem, like, cool. But I don't know why they didn't just, like, make this a regular doctor. I don't know. Could they not afford an adult? I guess not. I don't know. They spent too much money on Riley's sweat budget. (laughs) (laughs) I want to point out that we did a TikTok one time where I was supposed to be Riley after he was, like, fiending on his meds. And I, like, covered (laughs) my face in, like, lube. (laughs) <laughs> so that I would be like sweaty. But then in the TikTok, I just realized that like a lot of people didn't realize that that's what was going on with Riley. So I just looked like this sweaty, gross mess for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really read that well either. You just looked like a little off. <laughs> yeah, just like Brian just looks a little sick. Anyway. Anywho's Ben, the boy doctor, says they don't really know what caused the collapse. She could have just been dizzy or had low blood sugar. They're going to do some tests, but she seems okay. This whole time that Ben is telling Buffy the prognosis, Dawn is playing with his stethoscope because they're both children and children love to play with stethoscopes, right? Said Joss to the writer's room. (laughs) I actually thought this was clever. I thought this was smart. It is well done. 
it's because like, you go ahead. Well, I think it's it's good for a couple of reasons. One, I I feel like Dawn is sort of like the adults are talking and she's being ignored, mm-hmm. so she's sort of like kind of tuning them out and like finding something to do. Which, on the one hand, is something a kid would do, but also like maybe she kind of doesn't want to deal with this stuff, so she's like finding an outlet. Yeah, and this allows her also in a clever way to like tell us and learn that something's wrong with Riley. Yes. So this conversation's happening, but it's like muffled. So we're still able to get the information, but we're also hearing that she's listening to Ben's heartbeat. Sounds normal. She listens to Buffy's heartbeat. Sounds normal. And then she goes and listens to Riley's heart, which is just racing. Yeah. And after a dramatic commercial break, (laughs) Riley's being examined by a doctor who says that his heartbeat is 150 beats a minute. The doctor's trying to convince Riley he should not leave the hospital, but he's like, nah, I'm going home. I just got this sick new apartment where I bang my girlfriend a bunch. Probably want to keep doing that. <laughs> and the doctor's like, o- okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Does it have a glass door? Yeah, you can see everything. It's great. You're reckless. I'm done with you. She just leaves the room. But he's like, what the fuck, Riley? You're going to have a heart attack. It's like, it's chill, baby. I was a lab rat for months. My heart just works different now. Plus, it's working overtime with all that unrequited loving I'm doing. Yeah, you love me, right? You didn't say it the other episode. You, you do love me, right? Riley, not now. <laughs> Joyce and Dawn come in. Joyce is embarrassed about what happened, but she's all set to go home. Riley's like, yeah, home. Let's go. All of us. Dawn, Buffy, and Willow are all trying to help Joyce get situated on the couch. But Joyce is just more worried about Riley. Buffy's like, nah. <laughs> He's not worried, so we shouldn't worry either. Cut to Buffy's room where she's totally worried about Riley. Yeah. She's brainstorming with Dawn and Willow. Buffy thinks somehow the initiative is the answer. And Dawn's got all these facts about stuff the CIA tried to do to Fidel Castro. Willow's like, I think you should call the initiative. They probably know what's wrong and we'll have to help up. Call them how, Willow, I yelled. Which Buffy also immediately yelled. Yeah. Because they're, they're done. They're broken. They're not a thing. And then Dawn says some stuff about... How if you think the government is watching or listening, maybe you should say something you want them to hear. Which makes me wonder if Dawn isn't some kind of spy, Hmm. and not just because she's Harriet the Spy. You're not confirming or denying, but that's just things I'm thinking. I'm not saying anything. Just like all this stuff she was saying about the CIA made me feel like she is somehow there to like receive information in the form of a child who doesn't understand ice cream. I have nothing to say. Or food of any kind. So Bubby goes to Riley's place. He's not there. But she picks up his phone, she can tell it's tapped, and she just says Riley's in trouble into it. Cut to Mark Lucas's obligatory basketball scene. Yeah. You told me he's good at basketball in real life? Yeah, so he played, like, uh, professional basketball. Professional? Uh, well, I mean, I think he, sorry, sorry. He played, like, in college, I think. But I feel like he was good. So this was yeah. like a, they were like, let him have one of these scenes, please. He's, yeah, yeah. Since contract. But Graham is there. Remember Graham? His silent friend from season four. Oh, yeah. Graham and two other government agents are there watching him play. Graham's like, dude, we got to get this taken care of. You need to have an operation. Riley's like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Be put under by the government and let them do things to my body. Kind of been there, done that. I mean, do you blame him? I mean, on the one hand, it's like, I don't know what his answer is, but like they have fucked with him a bunch. They put like chips and shit inside of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really blame him. It does seem like you'd maybe want to go to a doctor, though. Like, let the doctor who was trying to help you help you not have a heart attack? Yeah, I don't know that they would know what to do, though. Right. He had, like, fucking Frankenstein chips put into him. You, you just don't know. And even though Graham was his friend, he doesn't really trust him because he's still with the government. But Graham assures him that he needs help. He's not trying to trick him. 
They've got a secret initiative doctor all set up that they're going to take him to. But Riley's like, nah, punches Graham, punches the other agents and runs away. Graham goes to Buffy to help find Riley, but says he's not permitted to tell Buffy what's wrong with him specifically. Buffy's like, tell me. And he's like, okay. (laughs) It just (laughs) took no persuasion. I know. Well, then here you go. He says he's got hyper adrenal overload and he's way stronger than he should be. He's feeling no pain, but his heart can't take this forever or really much longer. So Riley goes to hide in a cave. Buffy can't find him, so she calls a Scooby meeting. Xander's like, well, maybe it's because you don't love him, Buffy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. He doesn't say that exactly, but he says it in a really vague way. And Anya thinks Xander's talking about her not loving him. So she like vaguely tries to tell him that she does. Yeah. It's kind of all the Zanya we get in this episode. Were they called Zanya? Did I invent that? You didn't. Sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad I guessed correctly. It evolved naturally for you as well, though. Yeah, I accidentally just said it one day when I was trying to say one of their names. It came out as both. Buffy commands Zanya to go and check the docks, so they're probably dead. <laughs> do we see them anymore? I don't think we do. They might be I dead. No, I don't. I mean, I know they're not dead, but. I don't know. Okay. Tara and Willow are going to go check out the school, and Buffy deduces that Riley's probably in the caves, but she doesn't know them very well. This is dumb, because she's been in them a bunch, and like, isn't afraid to explore them alone. Yeah. But Giles pitches Spike could help her. She's like, ugh, he's bugging me lately. I'm going to kill him. Do it, then. Yeah, just kill him. She's like, but the fandom won't let me. Meanwhile, Spike and Harmony are busy playing 20 questions. (laughs) Harmony's trying to get him to guess bread box. That was funny. That was funny. Buffy breaks in. Harmony hides. Buffy's there to bribe Spike to find Riley and bring him to the doctor. Meanwhile, Graham is checking in with this doctor who's going to perform the operation. He seems a little worried that Riley's going to run out of time. And then tap, tap, tap at the door. Riley? Nope. It's Spike and Harmony with a crossbow there to threaten the doctor to remove Spike's chip. They take him to the campus, I guess, so that the initiative people don't find them. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess there's like on campus, there's probably like surgery stuff in like whatever, wherever they train doctors. Right. But he was also in an operation room already. Right. But like you said, that's where they maybe would go to find him. Yeah. The doctor's like, this procedure is complicated and I don't really know what I'm doing. But Spike doesn't care. If I were him, I'd be a little nervous. I guess he's banking on the fact that the doctor has like a gun to his head so that he'll do it right because he doesn't want to die. I guess Spike also doesn't have anything to lose, really. Yeah, and, like, this is, like, his best shot of having this happen. Like, Yeah. And it would make sense for this guy to lie to him, too. He's, like, already kind of suicidal, so, like, what's the difference? Willow and Tara are wandering around the old high school. Willow does, like, a fire spell to illuminate the place, and Tara asks how she did that, because she only taught her tiny light spells. Willow's like, meh, I learned how to make it bigger, NBD. Seems like maybe BD, but we don't go into that anymore. I don't think we see them anymore either. Did they die in the school? Yeah, it's a lot of people die off screen. Seems that way. Meanwhile, Buffy does go looking in the caves by herself. What the fuck? Well, she doesn't have Spike. She's got to do it. She's got a time limit. But for all she knows, Spike is looking in the caves. I guess that's true. Yeah. Like, she should go with him. It's just weird that she's like, I can't look in the caves. Spike has to do it. And then she goes looking in the caves. Yeah, you're right. But she does find Riley. He's just sweatily punching the wall. (laughs) I remember this scene. It's just so weird. Just fucking punching a cave wall. (laughs) Such a weird fucking scene. Trying to pretend it's not foam. (laughs) Yeah. Riley's like, why do I got to go to the doctor? I feel great. 
It's almost like a drug metaphor. Like he's insisting he's fine. It's not a problem. And like right. Buffy's overreacting, demanding he get help. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Riley is worried that the government could mess him up even more. But like best case scenario, they legitimately do want to just help him. And then he'll just be a regular guy, which he worries will make him not enough for Buffy. Because her last boyfriend was like yeah. a super strong vampire and Buffy herself is getting stronger all the time. Yeah. But Buffy doesn't like this. She's like, you think that's important to me? I've opened up to you more than I've opened up to anyone. And I'm not dating you because you have superpowers. It's not what's important to me. If that's what I wanted, then I'd be dating Spike. Well, that's kind of a weird thing to say, Buffy. Yeah. There's like a lot of reasons that that can't happen. Like he's evil and wants to kill you. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I think she's just saying like, yeah, I mean, it's just a weird thing to say. It felt like it was there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to put that idea in our heads. Yeah. Like, use a different example. Be like, I'd still be with Angel, or I'd be dating Willow, because Willow has super You know what I mean? Like, it's a very specific example. Yeah. But ultimately, she's basically like, fine, even if you've got these, like, masculinity issues and don't think we can make it work because of that, I'm still going to force you to go to this doctor. He's like, whatever, we'll go. P.S. Loving you is the scariest thing I've ever done. She's like, cool, cool, still not really into all that. Uh, let's go. <laughs> What was that word you said? I didn't hear it. Not today, Riley. So they go to where the doctor's supposed to be, and they see a passed out Graham. It's kind of funny. Riley asks him how many fingers he's holding up, and he says 17, (laughs) which he quickly amends to hostile 17 and a blonde girl. Yeah. Riley's not doing great. Yeah, he's got 17 fingers. (laughs) He's like... (laughs) Well, you were right. Oh, my God. They put together what Spike must have done and where he must be very quickly, per usual. Spike is under the knife, and Harmony's all up in the doctor's biz. She says that since Spike can't hurt any living thing, he can't even pick flowers. He's like, what? Yes, I can. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. He was, like, defensive about that. Yeah. Spike is awake for this operation, by the way, and I gotta be honest, I was really taken out of the scene by how obvious it is that they're not actually operating on his head. Yeah. So little effort is put into trying to convince us. Like, I know it can't be gory. He's like laying with his back on a table and the doctor's got like a sheet over his head as if he's operating on the top of his head. But there's just such an obvious gap between his head and the cloth. Like, they could have done more with angles to not let us see that. At one point, they're just like in profile. They should have just done that every time. Or like cut an actual hole in the thing and put the top of his head through and not show us the top of his head. Yeah, it's it's insane to me. Spike's very excited about all the things he's going to do to Buffy once the chip is out. And Harmony can see the chip. By the way, she's just like smoking in the doctor's face slash Spike's brain. Yeah. The doctor's like, uh, can you not? That's not allowed. And he points to his no smoking sign. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't see the sign. That was funny. Because she's all kind of like, yeah, whatever, until she sees uh-huh. the sign. I got to follow the rules. So while she's putting out her cigarette, he drops something that's not the chip into a little dish. We don't know that, though. Right. We don't know that at this point. So Spike hears this and thinks it's out. Harmony's dumb and the doctor is brave because she said she could see the chip. So she must still be able to see it in his brain and doesn't realize it's not out. I mean, maybe when she looked away, he like patched him back up, I guess. I mean, his head incision doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, because now the doctor stitches him up and regrows his hair. No bandage or anything necessary. Just, you know, quick and easy brain surgery. Yeah. It seems like Spike's maybe going to eat the doctor, but just then Buffy and Riley walk in. Spike informs them that his chip is out. Buffy's like, cool, I'm going to kill you then. 
And then Harmony accidentally shoots Riley in the thigh, so he tosses her around. Spike tackles Buffy and then goes in to bite her, but oh no, it hurts his head. The chip ain't out. It's not out? I would argue he shouldn't have even been able to tackle her without pain. Yeah. They've set up he can't even like hold a gun. He can hold a gun. He can't point it at somebody. Yeah, he shouldn't have been able to tackle. He should have like had pain the second he tackled her. But then Riley starts having a heart issue. Spike sees that the chip the doctor dropped in the dish was a penny. So he and Harmony just like bail. Spike takes out his frustrations on a headstone. He's kind of going a little nuts about Buffy. He says that he can't get rid of her. She's everywhere. She's haunting him. And this has to end. This secret doctor has patched up Riley. He's got his leg fixed and a bandage on his heart. He says he's back to normal, but what did the doctor do to him? They never say. Like, are we to believe he's okay? Yeah, I think so. It's just like, what What was the thing that needed to be fixed? I mean, Riley literally, like, fucking used a piece of glass to pull a chip that was connected to his central nervous system out of his body. And that was making his heart race? Well, I'm just saying that, like... Maybe he got half the chip out, or maybe there was more stuff going on in there, or maybe without the chip, his body's fucked up, and until it gets fixed, like, sure. something's firing wrong. Yeah, it was just weird that, like, we didn't really know what specifically was causing it or what needed to be done. Yeah. And Buffy's like, cool, you cool? Cool, cool. Uh, I'm gonna go so we don't talk about love. Gotta go check on my mom. <laughs> I don't really care about her either, but I've known her longer. Yeah, I've had enough heart problems today with you. I don't need you to have another one. <laughs> Then a little later, Riley and Graham are talking. Graham's like, yeah, things are about to get real bad for you. Buffy kind of saved you. She's really something. But you know you don't belong here, right? There's like nothing in this town for you. You used to have a mission. Now what are you? You belong with us. That's how Graham talks. Yeah, that does sound like Graham. Graham has a lot of lines in this episode. More than season four. For Graham. Yeah, this is like... (laughs) And it's like when you hear him, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe you're not the best actor ever. Like... You just have, like, a perfect military man face. Uh-huh. Like, his face is like, looks like someone made it out of stone. hmm At Spike's house, Buffy busts in again. She's mad about Spike stealing the doctor. She's like, I'm done. You're a killer. I should have killed you years ago. Here I go. Gonna do it. He's like, good. Kill me. I don't want to be tormented anymore. And then he rips off his shirt. Did you notice he had pecs? Oh, yeah. These ones stood out. Okay. I didn't know if you just didn't see pecs. <laughs> I'm, uh, peck blind. <laughs> Buffy goes to stake him, but there's a little bit of sexual tension in the way. (laughs) And then Spike just grabs her and starts kissing her. She's like, what? No, I I actually do like that. I'd like some more, please. (laughs) So they make out some more. Pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. And Spike tells Buffy he loves her. So much. And then he jolts awake. Harmony's next to him in bed. They clearly had sex. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, God, no. Blackout. Oh, the fuck? What does that mean, man? What is that about? I don't know. I'm confused. Spike's got a little Stockholm syndrome for Buffy, I think. I mean, people have wet dreams. It's not a big deal. Yeah, but he's got this weird, like, I love her, but I hate her thing happening. Yeah. I'm just so sad that Willow and Tara and Xander and Anya all died. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of unceremonious death. Brian, did you think this was a good episode? Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. I don't know that I would say it was like a great episode, but I thought it was okay. The Spike stuff is interesting. Yeah. The Spike stuff is interesting, and it finally answered some questions about Riley a little bit. Yeah. Because they're sort of like, what's going on with Riley? What's going on with the initiative? It's sort of like, well, there's clearly still something going on. But Yeah, we didn't just throw that away. Because we definitely needed to know, like, what was done to Riley? We still don't really know what was done. Yeah. But it was good to know that it affected him. Yeah. That that all wasn't for nothing. Right. 
Uh, and we set some stuff up with Spike, which is obviously like a little phase he's going through that I'm, we probably won't even mention again. Right. But, um, yeah, and Tara and Willow, there's some stuff there. I mean, there's stuff. Yeah, there's definitely a bunch of Tara drops all season. And Willow drops, too, really. Yeah. Like, Willow's off learning how to do crazy spells that Tara doesn't even know about. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say it was a good episode, but not, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not one that I, I honestly remember it because I remember the plot point of, of Spike at the end. Mm-hmm. And I remember this was like him trying to get the chip out and it didn't work. But like nothing else really blew me away. It was kind of funny. It had some funny lines. Yeah. Not a lot of Giles. No. I love me some Giles. So which one do you think was better? I think I'm going to go Buffy. Yeah, I think so too. They're very similar episodes. We're getting like a lot of information about characters, but like the actual contents of the episode is kind of whatever. Yeah. But- I think some of the stuff in Buffy was just, like, a little more exciting to watch. Yeah. Like, Jackson kind of wimping out isn't really that fun. Rory and Dean having a bad time isn't really that fun. Yeah, and and honestly, I just, I've already said this, but I just didn't enjoy watching Taylor be, a like, cruel, evil, little impish man. And I don't particularly enjoy Riley-heavy episodes. Yeah. What he's going through is interesting. Yeah. But I, I just, like, don't care that much. But I, I think the, the stuff Buffy was presenting was a little more interesting. But maybe it's because I haven't seen it. But you well, I picked to Buffy, too. Yeah, I think Buffy was better. Okay, cool. Buffy finally got one. Well, guys, if you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 5, Episode 5, No Place Like Home. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 5, Episode 5, We Got Us a Pippi Virgin. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Did you ever try to bang in a car? What do you think of Luke's abs? His abs? Oops. What do you think of Luke's pecs? What part of Luke did you not look at? Did you look at his face at any point? I'm kidding. Did you dig for cereal prizes when you were a teenager? That all right that Dean's mom did? Have you heard that before? You know what I'm talking about? Have you heard someone say that before? I'm like, all right. Hmm. Your parents ever cracked the door? You ever punched a cave wall? These are just questions we need to know. Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches based on each episode, and more. Or you can send an email to brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an E-Y. For more bonus content, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash brianandstacy, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel. We also host monthly live stream watch parties of Buffy and Gilmore Girls, post monthly podcast outtakes, and share early extended episode previews every week. And shout out to our new Patreon subscribers, Will Beckin and Tina O. For more non-podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode description or in our social media bios. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast. Podcast. On an upcoming podcast. I feel like my mouth is not designed for diction. I'm sorry. What is it designed for? <laughs> Eating, and that is it. Well, Stace, uh, do you want to rent a car? Do we have to pay for one? Can we just break into one? Just break into a car. I'll dress up like Luke. Let's do this. <laughs> what should I dress up as? Lorelai's hair? Just her hair, please. I feel like we often end these with like a joke about the way we're going to have sex. Being consistent, baby. All right. I'm going to go punch a cave wall with my boobs. <laughs> with your boobs? Yeah. All right. Bye.